Hello, 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 and happy Monday. Happy Labor Day. And let's just begin with the new news of U.S. and Italy cracking down on mafiosos in Italy. Let's listen to it, and then I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about the Bugatti going over 300 miles and a couple more news that we should know about on a Labor Day. So let's listen. Italian Mafia. The nearly year-long operation involved nearly 200 Italian police officers and FBI agents. They carried out raids in Sicily and the New York area. One of the arrests in Sicily was Thomas Gambino. Authorities believe that he is a high-ranking member of the Gambino crime family. The book Five Families explores 50 years of mafia control in New York City and investigates the rise, fall, and possible resurgence of these crime syndicates. Author of that book, Sylvan Rabb, joins us now. So, Sylvan, thank you for joining us. I want to get your reaction to these raids. The main thing you can get out of this is so simple. It just shows you how effective and strong and powerful the mafia is. The mafia in America and the mafia in Italy. Uh, you have to distinguish between the Sicilian Mafia and the American Mafia. What's they're, the difference? They're actually separate. You can't belong to both. Oh, really? But the idea is they collaborate mm -hmm. and they work together on, on projects. And this shows you the international scope, especially the Gambino family in New York. Now, Thomas Gambino is not really related to the originator or the namesake of the family, Carlo Gambino. But he's part of a whole new wave of what's going on, especially in the Gambino family. Uh, after the major FBI drives in the end of the 20th century, the beginning of our millennium, uh, the American Mafia, especially in New York too, were weakened. And they've gotten a lot of new recruits of fresh blood, especially from Sicily. Now, the last leader who was recently killed, in, in a, not in a mob killing, Frank uh, Cali, or Frankie Boy Cali, was a prime example. He had both Sicilian DNA in his system mm. and an American. He was born in Sicily, but had relatives who grew up in the U.S., in New York, but had relatives on both sides of the Atlantic so who were in the, who, longtime members of the Mafia. How has the Mafia evolved over the past few decades? Well, the main reason the Mafia is still strong today is goes back to 1932 when an evil genius by the name of Lucky Luciano created the modern American Mafia. What he did before then, they were isolated gangs, uh, warring with each other, warring with the Jewish ethnic gangs, the Irish ethnic gangs, but he created a framework. And the main thing that uh, Lucky instilled was that the organization had to exist, not the individual. So previously, especially in other ethnic groups, you killed or you knocked out the leader and it dissolved. But in the mafia, there's a formula, there's a format. There's the boss, the underboss, and the consigliere, who are the regime, and you have the workers, the capos, and, and the mere soldiers. So the idea was you could replace the parts. If somebody mm. left natural death or unnatural death, the organization survived. And that was the main idea. Mm. The organization has to survive. And it survives through two main things that Lucky introduced, Omerta, the code of silence and the code of how you conduct yourself. And also he created something called a commission. Mm -hmm. This was like an executive board, the Security Council, mainly run by the New York Five families. Mm -hmm. But the idea was 
Previously, there'd been a lot of rivalries, gang wars. They were out. Mm. From now on, there was any kind of dispute, the commission would resolve it. And this led to 50 unparalleled years of success, mm. where the mafia thrived. And he turned them from street gangs into corporations, that they had an executive idea how to, how to exist, how to survive, and how to capitalize by becoming a mirror image of American capitalism. Mm. They figured out what worked in capitalism, if you had monopolies, you had uh, fixed contracts, would work for the mafia too. So in essence, he wrote their constitution, which still exists today. Mm. John Gotti, one of the most famous, well-known crime bosses here uh, in New York who, who passed away, and, and he, who was head of the Gambino crime family. Since his death, how has that sort of changed New York Mafia? Gam uh, John Gotti could not have been invented by the FBI. He did more to destroy the Gambino family and other families too because he was a megalomaniac. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't believe it, having followed him for years, that they were supposed to be a secret society. He led to dozens of arrests because mm -hmm. of his... Uh, compulsion to people come and kiss his feet and there were people who the FBI never knew were members of the mafia and people in unions and in corporations but they had to come and see him at least once a week and he was such he was the worst executive as possible why why part of his megalomania he he said come and get me and they did and he ruined the family not only by his own actions but by trying to create a dynasty, first his son, mm. Junior, and then his brother, Peter, and they were both inept, mm. and they, only, they, they virtually ruined the family. And what saved the family and restored it now was his input from people who have sus more Sicilian blood in them, mm. and not necessarily American. Now, Frank Kelly, who was killed in uh, March, in an act, not by a mob killing, but by some a screwball who knocked them off on some psychotic, delusional <laughs> reason. So the point was, we never heard, nobody ever heard of Frank Cowell. Yeah. I mean, it was his murder that put him on page one. Hmm. And it, for the first time, exposed uh, this whole Sicilian faction. Mm -hmm. Now, the Sicilians are basically known in the uh, mafia, or the ones who are with Sicilian heritage, as Zips. Originally, it was a pejorative explanation. Mm -hmm or nickname. The idea was that they were hicks, primitives, uh, uh, not really sophisticated and knew the way around. But they've introduced new things into the American Mafia, especially in the Gambino family. Mm -hmm. Now previously, even under Lucky Luciano, there were two things that you had to remember. They were made members and they were civilians. So if you were not part, even if you were a relative of a made uh, inducted member, you were immune from punishment. And what the Sicilian faction in New York has done now and elsewhere, they've introduced Sicilian aspects to stop one of the biggest threats and one of the biggest reasons the mafia has been uh, affected is by people ratting, becoming uh, government. And previously, the civilians, anybody who's related to a rat. Okay, okay, okay. So what he's trying to say is... We still got mafiosos in New York City. And we always knew there's Italian mafia. They never went away. So let's go. Let's talk about it. So the American mafia was originally 
from Sicily, Sicilian Mafia. They came here a long time ago. They went to New York. They didn't have no money. They wanted to be the American dream. So what they did, they're trying to just rob people, take stuff from them, and sell it in the black market. So that created a group of people like any other gang in America to create this mafia in, uh, in New York. Okay, so beside all this mafioso stuff, on a Monday, I don't want to even talk about it. People get caught on it. They're clumsy. I don't know what the hell is going on with them, but if 200 FBI agents are looking at you, you're obviously doing something wrong. And if you're doing something wrong, maybe there's somebody else need to just come and cover your ass up because you just burned the whole family in that section of Italy. So I'm just going to talk about something really fun and exciting. Wow, Bugatti did 300 miles. I don't care. I don't give a fuck about 300 miles in a Bugatti. I don't want to go that fast, even though I have a supercar. I don't even go that fast. When I'm in the freeway, I'm probably going about, what, 150. I don't need to go more than that because everybody in the freeway think I'm a maniac. So I don't want that to happen. I don't want to risk my life and other people's life because I want to go fast. And the other, I don't want to get a ticket. Anything over 85 miles in the freeway in L.A. County is reckless driving. Nope. I don't need that. I don't need to get my car impounded. Give me one second. Let me have my coffee. I just woke up. Today is Monday. Nobody's working but me. Best coffee ever. You guys want the best coffee? It's Colombian coffee. Anyways. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not what, this is not Colombian. It's Cuban coffee. Really good. I'm not going to tell you the name because you don't need to know it. Anyway, let's see. This is Bugatti going 300 miles. Listen to the engine. Listen to what they're going to say. And we're going to talk about it a little bit more, how much it costs. Enjoy. The fastest is, in my opinion, not the, the right expression. Moving boundaries might be the right expression. And right now, heading for the 300-mile barrier for a serious hypersports car, uh, this is the boundary we were heading for. And this is what we'd like to achieve. The biggest challenge is to get the overall package right. So that means not only design, not only aerodynamics, not only engine, not only tires. It's to get everything together and working in one car. The key was a good team and it was easy to find these people within Bugatti. I think most people have been 150 miles an hour sometime during their life. If you then add just another 30 to make it 180, that's a whole different world. Then when you get to 200, it's a lot faster than 180. So when you're talking about 300, it's a massive, massive step. Everything is fine, and you can start. At that kind of speed, normally aeroplanes are flying in the air. And um, you have to make sure that the car will stay on the ground, is stable, and not that nervous that the driver feels comfortable in the car and that you can drive uh, that kind of speed without any risk. Let's go. 
So I guess Bugatti did 300 miles. Why? Because first of all, the whole body of this car is carbon fiber. Second, aerodynamic in this car is retarded. That means from the rims all the way down to the tail, to the lights, to the wings, to the doors, to the hood of the car, to the roof of the car, everything aerodynamic, the best aerodynamic you could have in any car. This is crazy. Because be honest with you, I don't want to be in that car going 300 miles an hour. It's good publicity for Bugatti because when you could take your car and take it all the way to 300 with one take and film it and show everybody that we could do this with a V16 going 300 miles an hour, that means come show me the money. We are standing by three, four, five million dollar cars. And this is what the car could do without any tire popping, without any bumper cracking, without the guy getting killed in the, um, going 300 miles. I mean, there's so much stuff could go wrong with this situation. But since it's a Bugatti, they have to stand by their car and show everybody that they're doing a great job by product design, by innovation, by the engine work, by the carbon fiber work, tire work. The most important thing in supercars is the tire. Aerodynamic is getting more easier because the 3D models and the computer actually shows you how far you could take it. Tires is something else. It's the actual impact between the car and the street and the concrete. If you don't have right tires, you can't take that car 300 miles. So in this scene, to this moment, tires are the most important part of a supercar. If, you, if they could have invent a tire right now that could take the car 500 miles and put a jet engine behind it and let it go, they would but they haven't got to that point. That's why they always use super, super, super fast cars in the desert. It's not concrete, it's softer on the tires. They could let go the air on the tire, blah, blah, blah. But in the street, tires and supercars been having competition with each other. A day that the tire could take 500 miles an hour, the humidity is already ready to put 500 miles an hour in the street, but they can't find out how they could make a tire that could last that pressure. You didn't know that, right? Well, you just learned something new. Let me have a little bit more drink and I will come back with you guys. I don't know what you guys are doing for Monday, Labor Day, but honestly, I'm sure everybody's a hang, having a hangover from the day before. Uh, some people got DUIs. Some people almost drown in the pool because they drink so much. Some people having a problem with the stomach because that hot dogs and hamburgers was overdid. I don't know why you guys have to drink and eat so much in a party because everything is free. Stop doing that free load mother, you know? Stop going to places. Like they're giving free stuff.
You go to the beach, you see the guys taking the sand home because it's free. Stop. Stop with all that freeloading stuff. You understand what I'm saying? When the holidays come, everybody just gets super shit-faced. I don't know why. But look, holiday is meant for you to just sit home, go by the pool if it's the summertime, have a little bit of drink, one or two beers, enjoy your family time. Stop driving when you're drinking. Stop eating too much, you fat ass. You don't need to eat two chicken wings, the whole steak, and barbecue, whatever's, you know? I don't even want to talk about what's going on in Texas and Labor Day. Those barbecues are popping right now. And I wish I was there. I don't mind to have those barbecue on a Labor Day in Texas and gain five pounds. The whole idea about this podcast is I'm so happy it's Labor Day. I'm so happy everything is closed. That means I don't have to move my ass. I need to sit on the couch right now, relax, watch my YouTube, watch my world star, fuck around on the phone, call a couple of people, prank them, do a couple podcasts, hopefully make some money. But since Mondays is a holiday, I can't make money. So everybody's retarded, and I take that word actually back. Retarded is not a good word to use. I'm sorry about that. Have a great Labor Day weekend. I hope you guys are doing great. I'm still trying to wake up. I'm still foggy. I'm still tired. It's been a rough weekend with the family, with work, adjusting to the new 2020 recession. We're trying to figure this out before everybody else. Looking for some foreclosure houses and this and that. So stay tuned and enjoy your Labor Day weekend.